Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Merle, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis. And we're joined live tonight once again by Iron Chairman Peter Swan. Ah, then, Peter, thank you for coming back on. How are you doing? Yeah, good evening. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, it's Happy New Year. So, as you can imagine, we've had a lot of questions sent in from fans and, you know, we've tried to group them into topics like we normally do. So we'll go through a few throughout the interview. And let's start off, though. It's, you know, obviously it's quite a concerning time for the club at the minute. And I think the two immediate threats are probably COVID and obviously the, the prospect of relegation, given that we are quite close to the bottom now. Is there a plan in place to sort of, I guess, get the season back on track, you know, be that off the pitch or on the pitch, you know, and effectively save the season? I think the most important thing is we've got to win games. Um, you know, just I've been looking at some of the uh, the figures from last year and, and it is it is quite quite interesting to see at this point last year we were we were only six points better off. Um, and that was down to actually drawing six games rather than actually winning any more. We actually won the same amount of games. So um, it is difficult at 23 games. Yes, you'd love to be a bit a, a, in a bit better position, but we're not. Um, we've lost, uh, I think, eight games, one nil. And, you know, we, it would have been a lot better if we could have turned some of them into draws and maybe those into wins. But mm-hmm. that's where we are. Um, the managers are learning on the job. We're learning on the job. And, um, you know, we're having to go through some some pretty dramatic times with COVID. So, you know, since we've gone down to League Two, we haven't finished the season yet, have we? So we're hoping that we finish this season. And uh, and if you look at last season as well, you know, our last 13 games last season, uh, we only won three games and drew three. We actually only got 12 points out of a possible 39. Um, and that was under, you know, what supposedly was a, a more experienced manager. So I think, I think, some of the stuff angled at, at Neil is is a little bit harsh. Um, I think he's he's doing the best job he can. He, he's this is his first job. Um, he's twenty three games in, and um, we're just trying to work together um, to make sure that um, we get as many wins as we can in the next twenty three games. I don't think we can. I mean, if you look at how we've played, I, I don't think we've played very well in a lot of those games, and we've and we've come away with twenty three points. I think we can improve that and. I suppose our target is to make sure we get to 50 points. So can we get 27 points out of 23? Well, if we don't, we probably deserve to go down anyway. In a, in a recent interview with Radio Humberside, Peter, it struck me, and quite a few fans, I think, you were relatively downbeat, which is obviously, obviously a little bit of a contrast to your normal upbeat self. And um, you know, I think it's one of the first times I've, I've been genuinely worried about the future of the club. Has, has, has anything happened since, since that interview to change your, or improve your outlook? Yeah, I, I must admit that outlook was, yeah, that, that probably wasn't down just to the football. In fact, it wasn't down to the football. Um, you know, we, we've, we've lost people, we know, um, during COVID. And, um, you know, I was I was quite close to Ray Clements and, and B and we'd spent time together. Um, so I suppose that hit me pretty hard. 
Um, so it, I, I tell you what, it's been difficult. The majority of the time I've been reasonably buzzy, like I normally am. I'm very upbeat, but I went through a bit of a tough stage there. And, and you know, that's going to happen to me now and again. But fortunately, the, the group of people I've got at the club, um, including the manager and everybody else, um, you know, they kept me going through that little bit of a time when, you know, normally I'm the first one bouncing in and, and supporting everybody. So, you know, this is a massive team effort from us. We were going through some very, very difficult times, and yeah, that that wasn't down to the that that wasn't down to the football club. Yes, it doesn't help when you lose week in week out, but um, that that were many other things um, associated with losing friends. So um, yeah, pick pick that one into touch. Um, you know, I've got to shoulder that and, and move on now and, and try and get the best out of Neil and the team. Yeah, just on that team, then obviously. Uh, Neil's made it quite clear he's looking for a striker in January. Uh, do you think that any other arrivals are going to be likely before the end of the month or are we going to have to get through to the end of the season with kind of the players we've got and the players that are coming back from injury? Uh, well, we've got a striker coming in. I, I, I can tell you that. Um, his name's KVV and he should be back in the next two weeks. Um, you know, he, he, he'll be a new striker for us. Um, you know, he's been out a long time this season. Um, he's raring to go. Um, there isn't a better player in League Two than him in that position, I believe. Um, and yes, it's not easy to put a lot of pressure on a young man's shoulders, but whoever you bring in, you know, if you're saying I need a striker, I'll go and get one, it's going to be the same pressure on them as it would be on Kev. So, um, that would be good to have him back. Fella probably back at two or three weeks later than Kev. Um, might, might just give us a little bit more ammunition. But yeah, we, we've certainly lacked up top. Um, you know, that's not... Uh, that's no different, actually, from last year. I think we scored 44 goals last year and only conceded 56. So we scored 44 goals in 37 games again under a, a more experienced manager with a better team, with all due respect. I thought we had a better squad last season. Um, so, you know, I think you have to take it into context. Um, it's not easy. Um, I think we have to hold our nerve. We have to be strong and we have to support as much as we can. And uh, that's all I'll do. Um, and, and hopefully Neil can, uh, can get down to the bottom of this. We're not far away. We've, it looks like Niels seems to have got us at the back now, you know, strong as best we can. We've had a lot of injuries. We miss Harrison when he's out. And then when Manny was out and we had two young lads in, it was it was difficult, you know. You have a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old uh, in there at centre-back. It's very difficult. Uh, um, you know, we're now coming to the other end of that. And um, hopefully with Harrison back and Manny back the weekend as well uh, we can kick on with a more stable um, back four back three back five whatever he wants to do and uh, and with the addition of Taft um, he looks a really good player um, you know we can now kick on and and focus on the other end of the of the pitch and try and score some goals in terms of Kev obviously he's been out for a little while now and I think originally it was suggested it could be maybe 12 weeks before he was back um, again, he seems to be returning ahead of schedule. Um, you know, not saying he's not fit and not ready to return, uh, but is there a risk there that he could break down again? And, and we're in the same kind of in the same place we were a couple of months ago. Um, and obviously, you mentioned Kev coming back in. Does that mean there's, there's going to be no striker, you know, from outside the club coming in this January? Um, no, there, there may well be if we find the right the right one. It's difficult. There. Um a lot of players out there but um, still a lot of those players don't understand the, the, the difficulties of the uh, salary cap and, and how much we're limited to spend so um, yeah we're, we're on that um, we are now looking at a couple of extra players to come in uh, a couple need to go out 
and, and we're working on that as well. That's not too easy uh, to do. Again, there's certainly a surplus of players around around the league at the minute. There's not too much business going on, um, or not as much as you'd expect. So, um, yes, there will be hopefully players coming in and players going out. But with Kev, he will only play when we're absolutely 100%. I, I can tell you he has probably targeted the Grimsby game. I don't know why. Um, so, and, and, and really focused on that. And, uh, you know, I'm watching him today in training and, uh, yeah, he's, he's not fit. He's not fit. But, yeah, the guy, the guy gives us so much mentally now. He's, he's, he's certainly this stint now, certainly in the last sort of year. Um, he's really grown up and, and even when he's not on the pitch, he, he has a real impact on the club with the other lads. So, um, yeah, he's a new Kev and, uh, if we can get him back for the last 20 games, I'm almost certain that we'll get enough points. and Because uh, you know that if he'd have played in any of those one nilers, we'd have turned those around, some of those around. Um, just his set pieces. Um, we, we've struggled having a set piece uh, taker as such. Uh, some of our delivery has been quite poor um, and we just haven't taken any chances. We've not been very clinical. So um, that's what strikers are there for, come in under pressure, score goals. Um, so we'll make sure that Kev is 100%. He's certainly well ahead of where he was before his last injury when he came back, he's ahead of that now. So he's stronger than he was when he came back the last time. And and he will be stronger when he's going. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, he's, 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 our, he's our biggest asset and we've got to look after him. You mentioned there about the players going out and obviously with the salary cap and things like that, that's what's going to have to happen to allow people to come in, basically. Obviously, we know that the three players we had on loan have gone back to their respective clubs. Uh, is has there been interest in some of our players? Is it likely that we are going to be able to move a few out, but you know, before this this window shuts? Yeah, yeah, we've had interest in uh, several of our players. Um, so um, obviously, the majority of that's been from uh, the conference. Um, you know, they seem to have more money than us at the minute. So um, you know, that seems to be the ideal way to get some of them games. But um, yeah, we'll take it as it as it comes over the next couple of weeks. But uh, we, we'll definitely do our best to improve the squad. Um, you know, Neil says we've got a big squad. Yes, we have got a big squad. We've got two teams. We're under twenty threes um, and a first team, and we've also got five youth in that in that squad that came up last year and played yet um, who were there long term. And then when you had our injuries and in in that, you know, we're we're okay. It's not easy to to, to coach them on one pitch. I think that's really where he struggles. Um, Difficult to use the school in these COVID conditions. Um, yeah, we, we are limited to the one training pitch, so trying to get thirty players on there when they're all fit is it, not easy. Are the, is the interest in players that are kind of fringe players and under twenty three players, or has there been any interest in you know some of the some of the players that have been kind of linked with moves away? I'm, I'm kind of thinking Issa and McAtee, uh, the two. No, no, no one's no one's phoned me up about McAtee or Issa. No one's phoned me about any other player. Um, in such, these are fringe players who need games of football, um, need to get out and play because they haven't quite broken through into the first team as yet. Um, you know, there's a couple of those, certainly um, Kelsey, Mooney and uh, Keenan, although Keenan's been on the fringe. Um, difficult as well. Um, European background came into the club, probably hasn't fitted in and, and, and got into a, any rhythm yet because he hasn't been able to, to start games and, and maybe play two or three games. But uh, you know, there's something there, Keenan. You, you can see that uh, Kelsey just hasn't hasn't broken into the team, um, and he was out at Hereford. So I'm I'm sure we'll try and get him out some more experience. Again, there's a player there. It's just 
you know, sometimes they, they, they click and they work straight away and sometimes they don't. You can't get it always right every time. It's not going to work. You're not going to get every player right, uh, whether that be physical, mentally, technical ability, but you try your best. Uh, obviously, an ex-Iron uh, favourite, Dwayne Holmes, is, is looks set to move in the next few days. Um, do we have a sell-on for Dwayne? And, and if so, um, would that allow us to get another player into the club this window? Oh, if we even get rid of him for about five million, yeah, I think so. Something <laughs> like that, that, that would help. But uh, no, um, you know, we we got a good deal on Dwayne. You know, I, I had to, you know, well, you know, I had to, to move four players on because of their contract situation, um, and Dwayne was one of those, and we got a very good deal for him. Um, we've got we've got to sell on, and and hopefully we get a little bit in, but most of that would go to cover the losses we have at the minute. Um, because that's what we'd have to do. That's what the EFL would demand we do. You mentioned earlier on about last season and how you know it didn't conclude properly. Obviously, as we know, it went to points per game. So, was there any indication when that happened from I don't, the EFL or whoever decided that that was going to happen that should it be required, it would go to points per game again this season? And obviously, given that we're you know we're dropping points to teams in and around the relegation area, that it, it's, that's quite a worrying thing if it, if it does go to that. Yeah, it is. It is, but there's a lot. There's a lot of other things to take into consideration. I, I don't think it's just as straightforward as the points. I, I, I think we can finish football. I, I think if you look at the way that football has operated in in some of the most difficult circumstances, hopefully we can come out of this in a few weeks' time. Um, if we can play now, we can play at any time. This is this is a peak in the in the pandemic again, and we're still playing. So. Um, I think we'll finish the season. Um, but yes, the, the EFL has, and, and most of the teams, agreed that it would be a point per game system if um, if we didn't finish the season. But I, I think we'll finish the season. Given that you know we've been struggling for a little while now, I think a lot of fans have kind of sent in messages about you know if, if the worst is to happen and, and we do get relegated, is there a kind of contingency in place? And would you seek to kind of develop a roadmap for an immediate return? No, not thinking about it. Absolutely not. My focus is on survival in Elite Two, and I think we'll do that. I, I, I don't think you can plan for that sort of relegation. It's impossible, um, and and we're not. We're, that's not even in our minds. I, I think our squad is good enough to gain enough points to stay up. Um, all we've got to do is try and um, and win more games than two teams. That that's that's what we've got to do. You know, that's the most important thing to do. Uh, go out there and get 27 points. I think that'll be enough. Um, that's what we've got to focus on. Nine wins out of 23. And like I said, if we're not good enough to do that, um, you know, that'll be down to the players on the pitch. And that, that, that's it, really. I mean, if they don't perform, I don't know what you can do. Um, it's very difficult. But we've got enough. I think we've, we've got a nice balance of experience now. Um, and with the players who might come back, including Kev, that just, just enhances that. And just before we go on to sort of staying up and survival, I know obviously you don't particularly want to talk about the prospect of us going into non-league, but obviously it is a possibility. And just in terms of where we are now behind the scenes, should that happen? Obviously, we all hope it doesn't happen. Is there sort of contingency plans in place, i.e. in terms of like relegation release clauses or wage drop clauses, things like that in in the current contracts for players? No, not going to happen anyway. I would, I would, honestly, I wouldn't even go down that. I'm, I'm not even contemplating it's going down. So uh, um, we, we're going to stay up, and we're going to we're going to we're going to be a league club next season. 
assuming we, we we stay up this season, Peter, which you know I I I'm inclined to agree. We we have the quality of the club. Hopefully, it will it will come to the fore in the next few weeks. But um, what is what's the plan for the next few years? As I said, assume we we do stay in the league this year. Uh, continue what we're doing. Probably had too many young people in. You know, we it may have worked without all the COVID issues. I don't know, but. We, we had a lot of young players come in uh, without the experienced players. We probably need two or three more experienced players, but they just weren't around. Um, and in, unless you play your young players and understand, which see, you might have said, well, we need a, you know, we've got young Mason O'Malley coming into the side. We need a left back, experienced left back. Um, well, to be honest, Mason's done really well. And if we hadn't played him and looked at him, maybe we would have brought another left back in, but we haven't. Um, Junior's come in to help uh, back end of the season. Uh, to support, give us a bit of experience, um, and and Mason has um, proved he's a, a first team player. Uh, I think it's the same with others. We're all talking about having two or three quality midfielders who are years of experience. Well, I like to think Spence and Alfie Beeston have proved and that they're getting better and better every game. You know, I still think that that they've got such a great future ahead of them, and we've got them. They're on contract, and we've got them. Um, signing Gem, obviously, you've been with us. A, couple of months and was training. Um, the worry was that he'd um, not played for nearly 18 months and, and even then not played a lot of games. Um, so we had a look at him for an extra few weeks and, um, you know, when we knew that Port Vale would, uh, when we knew that um, parent of um, uh, Jake, I'm bad now, uh, was going back to his club, we knew that we had to bring somebody in. So it was an ideal opportunity for them to come in and he's, I think in two or three games he'll be up to speed and uh, he'll give us a lot. So, um, yeah, we've learnt a lot, probably at the wrong time, um, you know, but I, I think these guys can, can improve. I, I definitely think they can improve. I definitely think we can get the point. So, we continue to develop young players, bring players through. Like I say, we're probably going to take four, four or five of the youngsters again this season and put them in the 23s and develop them. Maybe bring a, a couple of the others through into the first team squad um, squads go down to 20 20 next year so 20 of your squad can be over 23 that's it um, the rest have to be under 21s or, or under 23 so um, there's a little bit of work in there to be done and we're on a you know we're on a 1.5 million pound salary cap so again and, and that includes everybody that includes all your appearance money, that includes your agents fees, that includes your travel, your relocate, that's everything. NI, it's all in there. So you can imagine it's, uh, it's a hell of a drop from the, the three and a half million that we had maybe a couple of years ago. Um, so we're, we're having to adjust ourselves and work forward. And um, yeah, it, it's not an easy time to do it, but that's the way we must go anyway. You uh, mentioned mentioned Mason O'Malley there, um, Peter, and you know, obviously, quite a lot of Iron fans have been impressed with him. I think the podcast included, um, and he recently signed a new contract, which was obviously great news. Was that um, down to his performances, or was that because he's, there was outside interest into him? No, I think it was down. I think he earned it. I think he earned his contract. You know, it's a uh, it's one that works for the club and works for him. Um, and um, you know, this is not a big deal for him. I think the big deal for him will come in a couple of years' time, um, but. You know, we've, we've been impressed with his attitude. He's, he's very mature. Um, he's probably not playing the last couple of games because he, he, he got himself burnt out a little bit, a bit tired, um, even though he hadn't, um, he hadn't had COVID or anything like that. I think um, he's, he's just, it's like everybody, you know, this, this mentally drains you. 
and and I think mentally he was very tired as well. So giving him a couple of uh, a couple of weeks off is, is not the worst thing in the world for his development. And that, we will look after him as we will everyone who who's in that sort of uh, uh, frame um, frame of mind. So um, yeah, there's nothing sinister about it. No one's in for him. He's not being sold anywhere. We we will be selling players in the future, but we need to develop them first. Obviously, as Matt say there, echoing the. Uh... The idea of you know getting that deal in for O'Malley Beeston is another one. It's probably worth a mention him because he's one that's really stepped up this season. I think another one that certainly from a fan's perspective has deserved that contract. Yeah, yeah, took it when he came back. I mean, obviously it's difficult, and I know you're going to say these are club club player signings. I know we're going to we'll probably talk about, but but yeah, you know, listen, he came back in. He's fitter, stronger. He looked a completely different guy. Mentally changed. So you know, we had a, an option on him. So we made sure we took the option. Um, and, um, you know, he's come in and, again, he's earned his uh, stripes. You know, he's, he deserves his contract. And he will only get better. I don't know whether he is a, a midfielder or a 10. I mean, he's he's doing a great job there. I think there's a lot more to him. I think going forward, I think we'll get a lot more out of him. It's just um, the way we've been playing at the minute, we're probably um, not, not been releasing the player's ability as much because we've been trying to get results. And I can understand... While Neil wanted to try and be as um, hard to beat as possible, um, but there's a lot of talent in this side, and uh, we have seen it at moments. And um, yeah, Alfie is certainly a big part of our future plans. I think obviously great. Um, the fans kind of were, were really happy that those two have been tied to longer deals. Um, obviously, in the past, you've not been kind of forthcoming with those deals in the middle of the season. Uh, why has there been that kind of change in approach this year? And, and I suppose you've answered why it was important to tie those two down. But yeah, why why the change in approach? Um, I think the change in approach has come from the fact that when we came down, we had a lot of players. I think there were 13 players who left us last year who were on League One wages. Um, we, we had to really tie ourselves down to a more sustainable model and get rid of those players. So you end up looking at, at different ways of approaching it. And to be honest, we've been looking at um, these new deals right at the beginning of the year for these guys, just trying to find the right moment to, to do it. And I think before Christmas, they knew their deals, which was which was quite nice. Um, it, it's just, um, I wouldn't say it's a complete change because we have offered contracts to other players who just turned us down. You know, I mean, you know, we go back to the old scenario of, of the hassle we had with, with Bish and Dorse in, in the January that time. They've both been offered contracts. The only problem is they both wanted three-year contracts. And 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 we're already you know already had contracts, so we, we're not we're not against giving people contracts. It's just the timing of it. Um, we felt we'd done half a job that year, and um, that's why a lot of contracts weren't signed in the January. We wanted people to prove their worth. Um, they all had massive bonuses if they went up. So I don't I don't think there was any doubt that if they played well, that would have been the case. Um, and I suppose after you go through that and you then come down to looking at youngsters, you have to probably prepare a little bit earlier. You know, you have to look at their ability when they're 16, 17, not when they're 30. So you, you're more looking to the future and you're taking a little bit more of a risk. Um, but those costs are a little bit less than trying to pay three grand a week for a player who's in their 30s um, to maybe five or 600 quid for a young lad who's coming through. So um, it, it's all part of the change, I think. And, um, you know, we will not know if that works until um, until we sell somebody or um, we've got the whole team under contract for a season um, or more. We've had quite a lot of 
in and obviously after games on social media, you only have to spend a few minutes. And I think it's fair to say sort of dissenting voices towards you and, and uh, you know, as chairman are kind of growing in recent months. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people kind of calling for your head and, and calling for you to leave the club. How would you kind of respond to those fans that, that are, yeah, that are calling for you to leave? That's not really changed, has it, Matt, to be honest? I mean, when you think about it, I, the first... First day I walked through, they were giving me six weeks or, or eight weeks before I, I would leave the club. I'm here, what am I, in my eighth year? Um, you know, I've put a lot of money where my mouth is. I've invested in the team. Um, I gave this club five years in League One, which is one of the most stable, you know, times in the club's history for, the, for that period. We broke records, won, you know, great home record that was unbeaten for a year. I mean, we've done loads of stuff in those five years. It's just the last two have been, um, you know, mistakes. So, you know what, it's so difficult when, when you remove a manager to put another manager in um, because you've got to have some sort of idea who you need for the circumstances you're in. But you've also got to look at how the fans have approached it. And I think when I put Nick in charge, he'd only lost two games out of about 18 games. You know, the lad had a, you know, he knocking on my door going, I want to take the job. I, I, there isn't, you know, I'm in here. I've only lost two games. I think I can get it done. I think I can do it. And, um, you know, I think at the time all the fans were, were going, it's very hard not to give the guy the job, you know. And then um, it, then when it doesn't go quite right because it's his first job and it, it doesn't it doesn't work, um, you have to change it. And um, you bring some experience in. That doesn't work. Um, one of the most experienced managers in, in Stuart McCall um, but again, we've won a horrendous run where we lose, I think, eight or nine on the trot. Seem to think we're getting out of it in Christmas, and then we go back on back to the same old uh, routine again. And um, I, I'm not sure whether he'd have kept us up or not, but in the end, it doesn't matter because if you make that decision and try and keep yourself up, I think we needed seven points from seven games, and we, we just weren't good enough. Um, and we, we tried to play most of the experienced players under, um, under Andy, and um, you give Andy the chance to do that. And it didn't, didn't quite work. Um, and then you bring another guy in who, who just doesn't do the job that said he would do. So, you know, um, it, it happens. I mean, we, we, we could sit here and, and moan about the past or be great about the past. I mean, most Scottish fans just think about the time they're in the championship anyway. So, <laughs> you know, I can't compete with that. I can't keep compete with those players. You know, I picked this club in League Two. You know, we're... You know, even some of the players that the, the manager had signed that season, you know, Chris Alumu, you know, Speedy Alumu. I mean, with all due respect to Chris, and he's a lovely guy, he couldn't move, you know. <laughs> and, and we were paying these thousands of pounds. And, you know, I had to clear up all that and get us, and I got us promoted and I got us, I got us competing at the top of League One in a very competitive marketplace. Those teams we were competing against were some of the, some of the best in there. And they have proved it. Jeff United are in the Prem. You know, and most of the teams that we're up against had 10 and 12 million pound budgets and, and there we were with a 3 million pound budget. So it wasn't splashing the cash, it was doing it actually quite well. But, you know, things come to an end and um, you make mistakes. And I like to say, I put my hand up. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't put the right manager in at the right time and we are where we are. But I'm still here. I'm still working. They're calling for my head, which is great. Listen, there's another multi-billionaire waiting to take over Scunthorpe United. Then they, they know where I am and they, they aren't there, I can tell you. They are not there. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy to sell a club in these conditions. It's not easy to get investors in in these conditions. And um, 
you know, we're moving to a sustainable model. So the club can be run in a, in a different way. Um, and that, that actually works with the current salary cap. We can't put three and a half, you're not allowed to put three and a half million. So we have to work to the one and a half million, which is not far off what Scundall can afford um, by, you know, with its own incomes. Um, so, so it's, you know, yeah. Do, do I do I look at media as much as I used to? No, not not if I'm not if I'm honest. I don't. I know what I'm going to get. It's the same old bods as well. Are going to just batter me anyway, whether we win or not. You know, if 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 we win a game one nil, it should have been four nil, and it's my fault. You know, it's it's, it's exactly the same. So um, you have to take it. It gets a bit harsh when you're threatened um, and and you hear the insults and, and what's being thrown at you. Um, because I don't think this is the time where you should have big shoulders and, uh, and take it on the chin. I don't think those attitudes are right. Because um, if you abuse anybody else now, it's um, you know it's a, a mental attack on them. Um, a chairman seems to be like this stone figure that you can bounce everything off, and and that doesn't happen. You know, we uh, we're here. We we love the game. I love the game. Um, I, I love working at Scunthorpe. I enjoy the people at Scunthorpe, and and. You know, it's tough times, but you know, we'll come out the other end and we might not have a laugh, but we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to try and make the club successful again. It seems to me, like from the response to that, essentially you're talking about resolve there. And as you mentioned, you've been here, you know, eight years or so. Obviously, the with the different leagues and things, the goals and the aims change as, as we go along. But, you know, in terms of yourself... Do you still have the same interest and drive and ambition, you know, that you did when you first came here? You know, obviously, given that we've gone through a few managers and likelihood is you're having, you know, pretty close personal relationships with some of them. You know, you'll like them and, and obviously have to see them move on and things like that. Yeah, that, 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 that's a horrendous part of it. That You know, you make them friends and, uh, um, you know, I, I probably didn't get close to the last two because I didn't really get time to. Um, but that's my own fault, isn't it? Shooting from the hip sometimes. But, but, but. But, but listen, you know, those decisions have to be made. And, uh, you know, in the long term, we'll see whether I'm right or wrong. And, uh, um, yeah, it, 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 it's not easy. I, I'm Listen, everybody thought I signed everybody in the summer, so I must be enjoying myself, <laughs> you know. Um, you know the, the summer window, now your guys are as bad as that as everybody else. The summer, the summer recruitment wasn't brilliant. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was too bad. Not, not for a 57-year-old bloke who doesn't know nothing about football. I thought it was reasonable, actually. It could have been a lot worse. Um, but we but we couldn't let it lie. We couldn't. There were players that needed contracts, new contracts. There were players that needed bringing in. There were positions that we need to bring in. And we maybe brought in three or four more. But I'd rather have three or more, four more than three or four less uh, and not be able to put out a first team. So a lot of those lads are in the under-23s and under-21. We had about 22, 23 players over 23. So... Um, we did what we had to do. Um, a couple of them haven't haven't worked, but a few of them have worked. Um, so, you know, I, I like to think that it's a shame Jarvis got injured. I just thought we saw Jarvis starting to really work the channels and, and get up to speed. Um, really disappointed because I thought he was turned the corner there. Um, you know, I think Manny Manny's proved what he can do in defence. He's, he's, he's he is one of the best non-league, and I think he's he's one of the better ones in League Two now. So uh, I think Manny's a good choice. And Spence, uh, Spence, Spence, you know, you call him the new Dawson if you want. I think he's the new Spence. I think he's just Spence, and he's uh, you know he's uh, he's an engine, and he goes out there and wins everything as much as he can. Works hard, 
Um, and, and let's hope that some of these players go on and, and, and prove it, you know, but for the club, it's, it's not just about proving it for me or the manager, it's about proving it to themselves. You know, it's, uh, do they want to be part of a, a team that survived and battled hardened um, for the last 23 games or do they want to be part of a team that's failed? So I know what they want. I, I know that um, the experienced players will carry them along and, um, um, and we've got a long way to go. I mean, it does feel a long time. I mean, I must admit, this is a long time. It feels a lot longer than 10 months since March. Um, it really does. So, um, But we continue on it. And, and we're working hard to, to try and get the best team together. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll move on and, and talk about the, the signings in a little bit more detail later. But um, in, in a statement, you suggested um, you're exploring the idea of writing off your loans to the club. Um, have there been any developments regarding this? And if so, would it would writing off the loans affect the club's assets? No, no. The the very difficult thing is we, we've got we've got a club that have and we've got planning permission to do uh, various things. Um, to improve the position of the club, to you know, to get some money back into the club, get some money back into the coffers, um, to get a little bit back. You know, I, I spent um, and I've invested more than any other chairman in the in the whole of Scunthorpe's history in this team. You know, a huge amount of money, um, and that's been on wages. And and what we want to do now is we want to build the club up. So we've got plans to do that around us. We still want to do that, but obviously COVID's put a big dent in that. that you know, you're not going to spend. Uh, millions and millions of pounds on a football club and no one's going to and you need investment you need to borrow money and you need investment to do that so who's, no one's going to invest in a football club so you need to separate it off so so the football club um, has to be separate from the asset so that you can trade the, the football club as per normal you can protect its interest you protect the history of the club and what you do then is um, you know you find uh, those other assets into the company where you can actually go and get some investors and loans because you're working through the company rather than a football. No, no one's going to give, well, they won't even give you a loan. So you, you've got to do it that way. So it's, it's a practical thing to do. And at the same time, we thought, well, wouldn't this be a good opportunity uh, to write, write the loans off just to show, um, you know, what I've said all along is that, um, you know, we put our money where our mouth is and, and that's it. So, um, you know, we've still got a lot of investment. We've paid a lot of money when we first came into the club and, and we're going to still put a lot more money into the, to the surrounding area of the club so that we can uh, be here for a long time. Despite COVID, I think it's fair to say there is some building work going on around Springport. You know, still some housing developments going on. Um, in terms of the flats, is that not something that, that you could press ahead with now or, you know, because you've got the, the outline planning permission or, you know, are you holding back because of COVID? Yeah, I think I think it's the investment. I mean, um, you know, if you're going to build 160 apartments, you're probably going to spend somewhere in the region of 10 million. Um, where are you going to get 10 million in a minute? Um, where are you going to get half of that? You know, if you if you're to go in with an investor. So, this is what we're working on. This is what we do outside outside of football, and that's uh, what I plan to do. I think um, um, you know anything needs cash, um, and cash flow at the minute is is down to virtually zero. Well, it's been zero for nearly 10 months. Which you know, as a, as a hospitality business, it's very difficult. And we have other projects. You know, the, the, the hotel in Blackpool is still going along because money has been set aside for that, but we've still got financing on it. So um, as a businessman, it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, you know, unless I'm, I'm selling PPE, um, you know, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with the jabs, the, the 200 million jabs, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make any money. You know, it's, uh, 
if you're into chemicals, you're having a great time, aren't you, at the minute? But, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm in hospitality. We've been battered, absolutely battered. And, um, you know, I think um, I'd like to say that the football gives me an out from, from that. But, <laughs> you know, when, it, when you're not winning, as you know, it, it's not as easy. So, um, no, we, we keep on working. We're finding ways to, to make sure that the club survives. And um, that's what we continue to do. You mentioned earlier on that there's there's very well there's no one um, you know lining up to to take the club off your hands if you did decide that you know it, it was time to go. Um, we've had an interesting comment sent in, and um, it was it was just basically regarding that and regarding that you know some supporters are, are perhaps frightened for the, the future of the club without your financial support because obviously we, we all know you've put a lot of money into the club during the last over the last five or six years, um, but you know. On the other hand, there's many others as well that are, that are maybe looking at how we've kind of fallen from the top of League One to the bottom of League Two in such a short space of time. And, you know, we're thinking, maybe thinking um, this is only going to end one way. What would you kind of say to those who were, who were kind of worried that, you know, the direction that you take in the club? Um, yeah, I don't think we'd fall out. I think, I think there was more worry before I came in. Champ, League One, League Two. Um you know, I, I, I think there you're more likely to go out of the league. I came in, invested and got the club up. Um, you know, I, I did that. I promised I'd do that. We did it in that first year and we worked very hard to do that. So, um, And then to stay five years in League One. So, yes, you know, um, it wasn't easy. Cause if you remember, we were bottom when, um, when we brought Mark Robbins in, I think. At the time, you know, we weren't in great form there and we managed to clear ourselves off the bottom. So we'd been there before. After that, we'd worked very hard keeping ourselves in the division. Um, and yeah, the last two years, which have been affected by by probably a couple of bad decisions by myself and and this COVID, you know, we, we're supposed to be turning over two hundred ninety to three hundred k a month. You know, we're turning over no, next to nothing. You know, the only money we've got coming in is 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 our solidarity payments from the football league. Um, we've had a little bit in from the season tickets and people buying through the shop, which is really helping us. Um, and we still, you know, want to thank everybody for doing that. That that, that still is important. Um, and we're going to go a whole season without fans in the stadiums. I mean, this this is the lifeblood of League Two clubs and, and a lot of League One clubs are the fans. Only small, you know, three and a half thousand fans coming in and spending money and, and you know, whether they enjoy it or not, it's, it's dependent. But they come here every Saturday and they watch what we put out and um, we've had no one in. So you, you can't lose that. And it not affects you. And we're not the only club. We've, we've not borrowed any money from the league as yet. Um, we've, we've worked very hard to mitigate everything and uh, cut our costs down. And we've done so well on that. Um, but we, you know, we had forty thousand pounds worth of testing that we had to pay for because it wasn't paid for by the league. We've had no money from the government. We've had a one one percent of the thirty million that has given to all the clubs. We've had one percent of it, three hundred grand. That's all we've had. And we're losing 1.5 to 1.9 million. How's a club supposed to survive? You know, you, you can't always um, ask the uh, the guy at the top, especially when we're, we've come to a sustainable model situation where in January we had a break even model, which we put into the FL. We were going, well done, that's brilliant, fantastic, you know, break even. And, you know, in the end, don't break even because fans don't come through the door. So, yeah, it's 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 been a massive. It's it's a really difficult time for everybody. It's, it's the mental strain on keeping everything going. Um, you know, it's keeping a show going. You imagine doing a say, say you, you go to a theatre show 
and only one person turns up at every show for a year. I mean, that must be so demoralising, but that's how we feel. We're here to entertain the fans one way or another, whether it's good entertainment or bad entertainment. It's, that's what we're here to do, and, and we can't do that. And there's no one here. I mean, I hate going to the matches. I hate going to the matches because there's no atmosphere, and I, mean, I miss the bit of, you know, dip I get, you know, and, 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 and you know, I'm always looking around. Someone will have a moan at me, and, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, all right, it's the same old ones, you know. I, I miss the guys that, that have a go at me. I miss the guys that say, well done. I miss the guys. You know, it, that, that's what it is. That's football. I miss that. And and this isn't what you come in as an owner to do. So we're, we're having to cope with a lot. Um, and like I say, all I can do is, is thank my staff. They've been, they've been outstanding. And, um, um, they'll get me through and I'll get them through. Um, but I'm here. I'm here, you know, to, to do my best. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a chairman who's had 25 years experience. You know, this is my first league club. I'm doing the best I can. Um and listen, we're not relegated yet, so uh, we'll, let, let, let's see what we can do for the remainder of this season and, and get those points on the board, and then we can regroup um, with what I think is a real good base for next season. Just on fans been in the, in the stadium, um, do you think that if there were fans in, that maybe the players would crumble under even more pressure? Because obviously, you know, it's not been great this season, and. You know the fans. It can be quite a kind of volatile place when when things aren't going our way, as we saw the League One season when we were relegated. It's. Um, I, I could ask you that. I think it, I think that's a question that answers itself. I, I I think actually this might help some of the youngsters. This this might help some of the players who are probably not mentally as strong, and and don't and don't want to take all the abuse that they get running down the line or whatever. So maybe maybe in that sense, if we get through it all. These, these players, I mean, they'll be shocked, won't they, when they, they actually see a few fans and they start shouting at them and having a go at them. Um, but, it, yeah, I, I think it's helped in one way, um, certainly their development. But the games become more like uh, friendlies. You know, you get, I don't know how many entertaining games we've had, you know, and, and that's why I think we get, you get to one, that's why you get these one nillers, because you've got no one driving you forward. You got no no one digging at you, which might actually drive you forward. You know there isn't anything. There's no atmosphere. So you get a goal up, uh, and I think that's what clubs do once they get a goal up. And, and I don't know what the stats are, but I, I would have thought it's very difficult to come back. Um, so, you know. Well, I think we'll come on to players shortly. Let's let's just go back to the COVID situation. While you mentioned the money there. Um, Obviously, you've, you've said there's, you know, there's very little turnover, no cash flow coming into the club. You said in an interview previously that, um, you know, you were worried about the future of the club post February. Is that still something that's, you know, relevant to you now? That statement, and you know, can you update us on, on, you know, any money that's basically going to be coming in from higher up? Um, we've we've got a meeting this week uh, with the FL, so hopefully there'll be a little bit more news in that. I mean, hopefully. Um, the fact that we haven't got any other money is is really disappointing. Um, to be asked to play a whole season um, with no fans, and you know we go cap in hand to the Premiership and we've got no other money, you know, and and it's I, I think I think it's it's been disastrous the way we've approached this. We should have probably started the first season going right. You know what? We're not going to have any fans in. It's going to cost us two hundred million, three hundred million as as a as a body. We need to go and make sure we've got that funded in place. We'll make sure before they start the season so that no club has to go on the brink of, of not being able to pay their bills 
because that's what we're being asked to do. Every club is being asked to go onto the brink of not being able to pay their bills before anything's given to them. And that, I think, is uh, it, it, it's just not right. And, um, you know, I, I've said it in the past, I, I think a lot more work should have been done at, at the higher echelons of the EFL to make sure this, we were never in this position. But we are where we are. Um, the government has said they'll they'll not let any club go under. The EFL have said they go the FA have said they'll not let any club go under. The Premier League have. I've spoken to um, Premier League. I've spoken to the FA. I've spoken to the government. That's what they keep telling us. Um, you know, we're here entertaining people, and you know, through this time, and I think without football on the screens, it'd probably be even worse. I don't, I don't know how many Walking Dead series you can watch, you know, before it drives you mad. I mean, you, you, these, the, you know, live football is is keeping the, the country going. Um, and we're not at the top level. We're at the bottom level. You got the you got the national league getting ninety one grand a month to maintain their um, their clubs. Nowhere near, anywhere near. That's what we're getting. Three times, four times what we're getting at the minute. And we've had nothing apart from one percent of thirty million to, to help us through a whole season where we're losing one point nine million. And we're not the only club in that position. But we're working hard. Um, I think we'll be. I think we'll get through this season. It's as long as we can get to start next season with funding in place. We should never have started the season without enough funding in place to protect every club. And um, I think a lot of League Two clubs and maybe even League One clubs probably wouldn't have started the season if they knew that they wouldn't have any money until December, January. I, I honestly don't think that um, they'd have started the season. So um, coming into next season, if we're still affected by COVID coming into September, then, you know, um, we, we might have to, to wait until we've got the funding in place. But uh, no, the, the, club will, the club will survive this season um, one way or another. You mentioned there that COVID's obviously affected every club in, in the bottom two divisions. Um, do you believe it's affected us more than any other club? Or, or do you think, you know, um, it's, it's been kind of, it's affecting teams at different times. We've obviously seen, uh, we had quite a few players out at the start of the season, but then, you know, there's other clubs at the moment that are kind of suffering that as well um, and you know can you use COVID as, as an excuse really for such a poor season when I suppose it, it started last year hadn't it and it, it was a poor season yeah. last year and it's just a continuation of that this year I um, has COVID affected us yeah absolutely um, yeah you, you, you can't operate without income um, you have to have income you have to have this is a business no, it's a business, entertainment business, money coming in. No money coming in. You can't spend it on players. You can't spend it on anything else. Um, yes, it has affected us. Has it affected us any more than others? Probably not. I don't know. Not really. You know, everybody is fighting for their lives. Every team is fighting for their lives, fighting for every penny they can get. We're more apart now as as a as a an EFL institution than we've ever been because it's about survival, individual survival. So. I'm just concentrating on uh, Scunthorpe. I don't know about other clubs. You can see that they lose players. We've lost players. You know, we were hit pretty hard when one player, you know, drove in with another player who's perfectly fit, ready to start. And we're missing for two weeks. You know, and that's happened on several occasions. My priority is that that none of our players are seriously ill. We'll pass this on to anybody in their family, and we can have a safe environment. Um, every other club is doing the same, but it does affect you. Of course, it affects you absolutely does affect you um 
you know, the initial training, our pre-season, not really had a pre-season, you know, the first 10 games were probably our pre-season. So, um, no, I don't, I don't think we're any different to anybody else. I, I just think it's a very, very difficult time. I, I think it's, it's whoever deals and copes with the situation will be the team to survive. I think the ones who can't cope with this and, and struggle with it um, will probably fail because of that. But um, that's not necessarily that you're at the bottom of the table. It's just that you might be struggling to get the finances set up for next year. Do you think we did cope with it? We're still coping with it. <laughs> it's ongoing. You know, it's just ongoing. We, we, we're doing our best. It's not going to change to the end of the season. So um, we're doing a flow test now twice a week. So people are coming in testing twice a week. Um, fortunately, they're being paid by uh, EFL. EFL won't be PFA, but the EFL. Um, so um, at least that's happening. But why is it taking, you know, 20 odd games for, for the EFL to actually put some money into the testing? Um, I, I just don't understand it. Uh, we need more support, and we need uh, uh, the, the league needs protecting. I think, I think it's I think it's very very difficult to uh, uh, to, to count this as a season. It's, we didn't finish the last one. We didn't have a preseason. We started another one. Um, we'll get through it. We'll, we'll work hard. We'll get through it, um, and, and try to support the club as much as we can. Grimsby were the uh, first club to be fined for COVID breaches uh, following an investigation earlier in the season. Um, there was there was also going to be an investigation into Scunthorpe, given our outbreak earlier in the season. Has, has that been concluded? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. Um, we're actually not allowed to talk to, talk to anybody about it, so um, you know, that's up to Philip and, and Grimsby if they decide to talk about it. But um, that's supposed to be internal only. Um, you know, we, we had a uh, a minor infraction of seven days of, you know, I thought, I thought, I think we've dealt with it very well and we continue to deal with it very well. So last time we spoke to you on this podcast, we'll come on to the summer recruitments now. We've, obviously, we've met, alluded to it already. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you'd learned from your mistakes in the past and that you're excited by the business that we'd done. Maybe just clarify from us, what, what do you feel you did learn from last time? You know, what mistakes do you think you corrected? I think um, because we're on a different um, platform now, because we're moving in a different way, that gives you energy. Um, it's it's another challenge. So this is not a challenge of, of trying to, to get up to the champ. This is a, a challenge of, of trying to um, survive now in football and be a league club. It's important to be a league club for us. Um, and also to try and, and build on it and um, follow in the footsteps of many a club that have, have done this sort of... Um, trading model so um yeah it's you know all i want to do is 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 create some entertainment for the fans and um, that's all i've ever wanted to do um, you know we've bought some very very good players in the past but times are gone now you, you can't buy four thousand pound a week players you just can't do it you know you, you, you've got to be sensible and and build from the bottom so you know i've, I've learned i've certainly learned the hard way um but hindsight's a, a really good thing you know i, I I think we are where we are, and um, yeah, I might change a few things that have happened over the last two years just to make it. I don't know if it made it easy. You never know, do you? You just never know. You might have gone a different way, and it's exactly the same. I'm sitting here doing exactly the same thing, and I've had one manager in place. So, um, yeah, um, I, I've learned a lot. I, I, I think we, we still talk a lot about players. There's a lot of players out there, um, 
and we make sure that we go and get the right players. Um, and um, Neil's added a, a different dimension to that. He knows what I need to go and get, um, what I could more experience for him. Um, but he just asks us what we need to do and we go and get it. So, um, and we'll still continue to do that. I've got a lot of good relationships with other football clubs and, and other chief scouts and, and, and other recruitment guys. And um, we talk about, you know, football and players all the time. And the eagle eyed amongst them noticed that, you know, players that came in in the summer came from a, a very small number of agents. And I suppose fans are probably wondering, well, I'm certainly wondering how those deals kind of take place. Um, are agents approaching the club to say, you know, we've got two or three players you might want to have a look at? Or, you know, were, were there any, um, was there any scouting done on those sort of five or six players that came into the club? Yeah, those were still on our books. You know, they, they were still on our books. You know, it, um, when when Tony was here and um, we had all the scouts, we spent a huge amount of money on scouting, probably too much, to be honest. Uh, and, and you were looking for different types of players. You know, if you go out and say, get the best player and we can afford them, that's what we went and got. Um, now we're looking for value for money, which is a very, very different sort of process. But a lot of those were still on our books. Uh, Spence, I looked at um, two or three years ago, and I think, um, you know, it was he wasn't ready at the time. So um, Spence then came to the fore. Yes, he was with um, I think he was with Omni at the time, um, but we'd already looked at him, and he, and he was on our on our radar. And um, you know, I, I think that's he's proved himself already. Um, I, I think there are probably we try and use probably six to eight um, agents primarily um, because we trust them. I think that's really important. But to say when uh, over the winter and sorry, over the over the summer last year, I probably was receiving twenty to thirty texts and phone calls a day from different agents with different players. So you you've got to go through all that and see what they've got, um, and then if they're viable and you think they'll do a job, you go you go and do a little bit more work on them, and then hopefully you can bring them in and convince them to come to Scunthorpe. Remember that that isn't always the easiest thing to do. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty pleased with what we got. We, didn't, we weren't 100% successful, but they still might come to the fore in the next year or so. So um, we'll see how it goes now. And um, we continue to work towards trying to get the best players who've got the best opportunity to, to make it in football. The players that came in the summer, um, did Lee Turnbull have any input in those players or were those players that had just been kind of, as you say, uh, recommended by agents that then you went to have a look at? Uh, most of them were already on our books. A lot of those were already on our books, just revisiting the books. Um, I forget when T- Tony went in the summer, so uh, no, he wouldn't have had an input into those. Um, but, you know, we have, we have to streamline our, our, our recruitment. You know, honestly, we were spending a huge amount on it and we had to stop it. So um, we had to do a little bit of work on that. Um, then he's a mate. He's a friend. You know, it's, it's raw when, when you lose somebody like that. And I trusted him completely. Um, but, you know, we have to look at our finances and see what we can afford. And uh, at the time, it was, we've got enough. We've got enough information. We needed to move forward on a few players. Um, and we did. You know, we, we, we worked hard at trying to bring them in. And, um, yeah, it did. It, it was more the circumstances of not having a proper pre-season and, and really having to learn on the job for the manager the first 10 games were very difficult. So, But after that, um, you know, I thought he picked it up. Yes, we've had a bit of a bad run in the last sort of eight games, but you know, before that, I thought we got ourselves back on a roll and um, 
yeah, we, we've had to correct a few things for injuries and COVID. So we've, we've had to battle that and we've come through it. Now we've got to ensure we get more points in the next 23 games than we did in the first 23, um, which I think is going to be a lot easier. But, yeah, like I say, if we get 23 points, we go down. We deserve it. You know, we deserve it. We haven't played well enough, if that's the case. You know, but I, I do believe that this team, the players that are coming back in, win eight or nine games against Harris. Well, you mentioned um, earlier on about how Neil Cox, you know, comes and he says things, you know, the players that he wants and things like that. Uh, obviously, a lot of the players that we brought in, some have worked, some have not. A lot of them were done before Neil Cox was appointed, um, you know, given how things have gone and everything like that. Do you wish you'd had the manager in place first to, before that, or do you think these players would have come in anyway? Uh, it's, it's really difficult because obviously COVID had struck. Um and we were sitting there. Russ had done a great job just steering us through. Um, but we hadn't played anything since March. Uh, difficult to to find a manager to fit the circumstances like I've always tried to do. Experience, getting you out of a problem, being at the other end. Um, it was it was really difficult. But I thought that if we go down the, the young approach, we needed somebody that would uh, work with those young players and, um, Probably got fresh ideas. Um, had, I, I wanted I wanted a manager that hadn't been a manager before. I, I wanted a fresh look. I wanted somebody to come in with some fresh eyes, um, good ideas, enthusiasm. And uh, Neil fitted the bill. And yeah, he come in. We look at all the players. He didn't really get a good idea of them all until probably game ten, um, which is when we started picking up a few wins. Um, some had made the grade and some hadn't. Um, but we had got a big squad, so there were enough there to, to put a team out and then start to work on uh, moving a few out on loan, see if they could improve on loan or, or replacing them um, if they weren't good enough. Fortunately, at the minute, these lads have gone out on loan, loan and we're, we're still assessing quite a few of them. So, um, you know, if there's only a couple out of the seven or eight that, that haven't been in the squad and haven't really made it. So, um, hopefully, they, they maybe they're late bloomers. You never know. See, I'm still in. I'm still enthusiastic. Still open to my work. You never know. But uh, but but we're working with uh, with Neil now. We identify the same same sort of players that we we talked about when he when he came for his interview with me, and uh, um, that's the way we're going. He, he probably would want a few more experienced lads in the side. We've done that. I believe we've done that. Bringing Junior and Gem into the side helps us greatly with that. Um, so and and Jordan being probably in the side a little bit more. I think, I think Jordan has had a lot of football. I'm sure he'll get better uh, with time, but having Jordan in the side has really helped us as well. So, and, and listen, even the other lads have had 50, have had 50 or 100 games. You know, Billy and Issa, you know, they're, they're, they're experienced boys. Uh, they can do a job for us. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's not a bad four. I, I think that's one of the best midfields. If you put um, Issa and Billy wide of Spence and, um, and Alfie, that's not a bad four. That is not a bad one. That's with all due respect to Gem and anybody else on the side. That's not a bad one. So, um, yeah, they just need time together. And we haven't really had that, have we? We haven't really had a side that stayed the same for three or four games. Um, there's always changes one way or another. And that's injury. That's COVID. That's that's the times we're in. Um, a lot of fans have, have kind of commented and said that this is perhaps one of the worst squads in, in living memory, um, certainly since the 70s. How would you react to that? I don't know. I, I don't, I, is it? 
I don't know, they, they, they told me the squad before was the worst one, um, and the one before that, and the one we, <laughs> the one we had in League Two. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, every, everybody can have a view. It's very difficult. The club did very well in a championship for, for a couple of years, and, um, you know, they had a really good a really good time of it, some great players. Um, once those players gone, it's a lot harder, isn't it? Um, and, and to be honest, the history of the club, there's been some amazing players at this club. Um, and we have got a very um, experienced fan base, shall I say. So there's a lot of people here who can go back 50, 60 years. And I'm sure they've seen worse sides in 50, 60 years. Um, I don't look at it like that. I look, I look at what we've got and, and the potential from this squad. Um, I don't think it's that bad. I think the league's. I think League Two is poor. I think League Two this year is really poor. I think if we'd have started and and really clicked and not had too many problems, then we'd be we'd be up there. There's no reason to believe like, some of our performances have been better against the, the teams higher up the league. Um, but that seems to have been a, a model. Even I think from day one, I think even when we were doing really really well, we would beat the higher teams, but the low ones we would struggle with because. They'd have somebody to target. You know, Scunthorpe weren't the underdog. Scunthorpe were the team to knock off the perch. And uh, when you're up there, it's, uh, that, that's what it does. gives them a bit of extra incentive. So, no, I don't think it's the worst, the worst squad, but that's an opinion. Um, I think it's a developing squad, developing manager, developing team. Um, and I like to think that um, to get through this season, next season will be a lot better for us. Last January, we obviously let Novak and Lund go. And I think supporters probably understood the reasons behind it because they were one of you know amongst the highest earners um you know we wanted to take this this different approach but you look at the signings in the summer and you look at the strikers in particular so obviously Jarvis Loft uh, Mooney and, and Duran um if you look at it like that we obviously let Novak go to save a bit of money and, and to, to kind of maybe strengthen elsewhere but was letting Novak go a bit of a false economy given you know we, we've brought in four relatively inexperienced lads and all right Loft's done okay um in in spells scored a few goals but you know in hindsight would it maybe have been better to bring in maybe one young lad against uh, alongside someone a little bit more experienced um it would have been but both those players were leaving in the summer anyway um, so if you look at that, it was January when they went. Um, in fact, it was only a couple of days before the end of the winter and we shut up shot on March the 7th. So actually, um, and seeing how they've done well as well, which is quite nice. You know, I don't, you know, I, wouldn't want to, I, I always want to see our players do well, regardless of who they are. And I, I think Lundy's been scoring goals left, right and centre. Um, but again, you know, he had his injury problems. Uh, knows he's had his injury problems, but he's a great guy. And, and you know, I don't want it. Bradford got his ankle injury there a little bit, but he's backfiring. Um, no, I think it was important. You know, they're the only two players we've got out since the beginning of the season, you know, and, and we're supposed to have got nearly 10 out. So, you know, that might have balanced the squad a little bit and we might have been able to maybe keep nodes if we'd have got other players out, but we didn't get anybody out. We, we in fact, we were five heavier than we were when we started the season, which was not where we should have been. So, you know, we, we needed to get players out and that wasn't happening. And in fact, Nodes and Lund wouldn't have gone out, I suppose, if um, Paul was still there. So we, we, we'd have been in a right mess, um, even more financially. You know, it cost us somewhere in the region of £650,000 in wages from March to the end of the season. With, with no, 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 nobody playing football. That's what it cost us. 
Is that why is, is that why Hurst left then? Is that does, does it come down to those two players leaving? No, 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 no. It's it's. Um, I wish it was as simple as that, but it's not. Um, it, it, listen, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've done our agreement. He's, he's a manager somewhere else now. Uh, it just didn't work. It just did not work one way or another. And uh, we'll leave it as that. I, I, I don't really want to go down that route. I'm concentrating on on where we are now. And um, good luck to him. You know, well, not good luck to him because he's a Grimsby, but you know what I mean. Yeah, obviously, Blazers next, which I'm sure we can come on to later on. Uh, let's talk about Lee Turnbull. And obviously, uh, one of the biggest things that's happened at Scunthorpe recently is the appointment of Will Swan. Um, so we'll we'll come on to this. Um, now, when Turnbull left the club, you know, one of the reasons given was that the role was made redundant. It was only a couple of months later that you know Will joins the club as, as head scout. So firstly, why was that role suddenly reinstated? And then... What were you thinking? You must have known how that was going to come across to fans. Well, I didn't want him to come. I, I mean, I, I tell you what, if I'm in his position and I'm the son of the chairman and it's come to United and all the abuse I'm getting, why would I come to the club? I tell you what, he's got a big set, my lad, to actually have the guts to turn up and do a job that he's been asked to do. I, I, honestly, I didn't even know that he was talking to Neil. Neil, Neil decided that he wanted somebody young, um, very different approach. Um, it was six months prior to that that, that, that Turner had left, but we needed to change all that anyway. We needed to change the way we looked at it. And uh, Neil came to me and said, "Look, you know, I hate to say this, but I'd love Will to come and you know work with me." And and like I say, they've worked together before. Um, you know, let, let's not Will. I, I Will will find young players. Um, you know, he will work very very hard to get the right players for the club. He's got a lot of contacts. Um, you know, he's had a, a bit of time in the agency world. He's, he's spent time under Turney here, um, and now he's out there doing uh, the best role he can possibly do for us. Um, like I said, um, I didn't want him to come into the club because I know all the, the crap he'd get. But you know, he, he's he's a man. You know, he, he's a young man who wants to prove a point. And I can tell you, he's got a plan in his head to get us back to the championship. Um, you know, and it's like I, I love to hear that. I love to see that. But he don't get off easy with me. I can I can tell you that he does not get off easy with me. Um, I will question everything that he, he brings to the table, and and he knows that. And um, so does Neil. And uh, you know, as long as they can uh, identify the right players that we're all looking at, and and they want them, and we can fit them in the squad, we'll do that. But yeah, it's um it's not one one thing I wanted to happen. But um, listen, he'll say, just see what he does. Just see what he does. You know. Um, He'll be based on, on on his record, just as Turney was based on it. And he's a young man starting out in the world, and, and Turney's um, been here a long time, thirty odd years, you know, uh, doing the job and managing. He's got so much experience; very difficult to find. But you don't get that for uh, at a cheap price, do you? You know, it's, it's very difficult. I did try and keep him, uh, but it wasn't going to quite work for us. And uh, you know, you make those decisions, and I made that decision in the summer, and um, we now move on. But um, yeah, we'll. we'll will do a great job for us and uh, like I say I, I can only support him as much as I can but I know all the abuse he's going to get Vlad but there you go um, let's see um, it was nice that he, uh, to get Taft in he did really well there I think I liked Taft a lot um, he's a left-sided yeah, centre-half um, next thing I know is a phone call and, and Will's on it so um, you know let's hope he gets a few more in and, and starts to prove himself and, you know I don't think there'll be many of us thinking that if he could do turn his job, then he'll be a success. 
we've had quite a few comments in about this, as you can imagine. And I suppose this was quite an interesting one. And um, it was it was a question. Basically, obviously, Will is is quite still a young lad. You know, he's as you say, he's kind of making his way and um, kind of just starting out really um, in the role. Are there any other kind of businesses you own where there's someone that inexperienced in, in quite a senior role and a role that has quite a lot of responsibilities? Because obviously listening back to um, Neil Cox when he came in, he said he was obviously looking at recruitment for the first team, the, the 23s, you know, the youth team. It, it did sound like it was, you know, quite a quite a big role for him. Um, you know, is, I don't, I don't really know how, to, yeah, you know, how, um, you know, yeah. It, it, you gotta, it, yeah, yeah. You got you listen. You got to start somewhere. You got to take. A, listen, like I said, I didn't want him in the business. I didn't want him here because I knew the pressure would be under him. Neil's chosen him. I respect that. Neil is an ex Premier player. He's a professional footballer. He's a co- qualified coach. Has decided that William is good enough to do the job for him. I and I have to stand by that. You would you would ask me if if Neil came to me and said. I want this player. I think he's good enough. I need to sign him. You'd expect me to trust Neil on that, but now you need to. Tr- I need to trust Neil on this, regardless of who he is, um, and and that's what I've done. I, I know he's quite capable of doing this job. In fact, I know he's going to do it very well. He's got an immense amount of knowledge of young players throughout the northwest of Northeast. He really has, um, and um, you know we've got to trust him to to build it up. And listen, if he can sit in this job for the next three four years. You know, we we could have a, a diamond on our on our hands, or he may move to a bigger club. Um, you know, as for youngsters, I got young Ryan in there. He's the analyst now. He's he's only young. He took over uh, from another analyst. Analyst. He, he's he's quite young. Um, you know, I, I it is quite a young side. You know, I've got to take Boone out of that because he's just turned sixty one. But um, but you know, um, we need that mix. And I think it's a great mix. And and I think um, Neil Neil's very inexperienced. In fact, Neil's only had twenty three games as a manager. You know, so he's he's in the same boat, isn't he? Really, you you you've, you've got to work with them and, and give them the best opportunity you can if they're doing the right things. And and I do think they're doing the right things. Is this kind of just confirming what was already in place? Because obviously, we used uh, Will when Will was at the agency. We use that agency quite a lot to bring players in. So, is it just kind of making making that official? Obviously, he's been brought in, in the role, but um, you know, it's it's not something that that's new to Will. He's been bringing players into the club or helping bring in players into the club for the last I don't know four or five years whilst you've been here. Yeah, he, when when he was with us, he was helping. When he was with the agency, we didn't really talk too much about it. He he would obviously you know put some of the players through in the agency. I think um, I think Lundy was one, so you can't you can't knock that. Um, you know, there was a few others very successful players who who you know were on their their roster. But I also brought in others, um, talked to other agencies. They weren't the only one. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. But while he was at the agency, he worked for them. He, he wasn't really working for us. He, he would just put a player. Listen, I've turned down. A lot of players. We've turned down a lot of players from all agents, including uh, including his. But uh, you know, he learnt a lot there, uh, a lot of experience, and um, hopefully, he can utilise it now going forward. And uh, yeah, we, we use certain ones that we get on with because we trust them. You know, we, we trust them. But in the end, it's down to the player. You know, it's 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 down to the player. If the players want to play at his best ability, they'll be good. If they don't, or they mentally can't cope with it, then I don't know who, who you blame. You can keep blaming the the agents for passing them on, the the 
scouts for saying they're good, the manager for saying he was good. Well, what, where do you stop? You know, you won't stop at me, don't you? <laughs> That's what it is. It ends up stopping at me. You know, if it doesn't work, it's my fault. And if it works, it's uh, it's not my fault. It's um, you know, it, I'll I'll never win in this position, but um, we'll employ the right people, the right time to do the best job. And, uh, like I say, it's difficult in recruitment. I think that's that's a longevity thing, and uh, um, I'm pleased he's here and, and, and working. And um, I'm sure Neil's enjoying that experience as well. A lot of uh, a lot of players are set to leave in the summer. Amongst them, you know, some of our best players who contracts is, is set to expire. Um, what would you say to the fans that are a little bit worried about the team you'll put together? And would that then kind of give us a blank canvas to to work with in the summer, assuming that these players, you know, their contracts do lapse? Or are there obviously plans to try and tie them down for another season? How many would you keep? <laughs> Three or four, I think, personally. <laughs> You see what I mean? It's difficult, isn't it? There are some really good players in there, but it is difficult to make that decision. And and you can't actually make the decision because we're we're sort of in uh, in a position in the league now where things would change one way or another. Yes, certain players would go, um, certain players would stay, certain players would come. Um, and you know, if we're a league club, which which I undoubtedly think we are, then we have to make those decisions. There are quite a few out of um, out of contract and so, but also on 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 a lot more money than is allowed under the salary cap. So we have to, you know, the, the salary cap average is about 1,100 quid a week, you know, for players in League Two. That, that's what the salary cap equates to. And you're only allowed next season 20 players over the age of 23. So you've got to bring your youth through to fill out your squad. And, and those under 21s have to, and you know, under 23s have to be good players. You'll be spending more on those players then you will on your senior players. Well, I say senior over twenty threes, um, but the, the market is very quiet. There, there aren't a lot of players out there. It is, and, and the ones out there are just not moving anywhere. Um, I think they all think it's going to change in the summer, but if it doesn't, there's going to be a lot of people out of work, a lot of players who will come back for less money or sign contracts in the meantime. As soon as the window closes, you can have a chat to the lads who haven't been approached and say, right. Okay, do you fancy this for the next couple of years? You know, we've got a good bunch of lads. I, I do think there's a team here. There is a team here, and and I and I think you know maybe a couple more additions and even a couple more in the summer um, to get us on the right foot would um, would move us forward, which is great. We've got a few um, uh, we've got a few options on a few of the players as well. So um, you know that might surprise a few of you. Which players are those? Well, I won't be surprised if I told you now. Should we, uh, let's move on to Neil Cox then, because obviously we've mentioned him there, and you, you say you know he's quite an experienced manager, playing only 23 games. It's obviously it's been a really difficult start to management. You know, it's a difficult season. He's not had any luck with you know the injuries and everything like that. Obviously, his remit would be to keep the club in League Two. How do you think you know him and, and Mark Lillis, and you know how do you think they're they're doing as a management team? They're working very very hard. Um, you know, the energy levels that they all put in are superb. I think the support as well from our medical team, I must mention our medical team, Michael and that, and, and Ben and uh, Scott, the, you know, they're, they're having to do a huge amount of COVID work. I think Michael's been, you know, to, to suddenly become a pandemic specialist, COVID specialist is, is like not easy. And these guys have to face it every day with the possibility of them catching it, you know. And, and, and I think 
we've missed that, them out a little bit. I think I think there should be some support for for those guys, even if it's only maybe having their vaccination so they can work, um, you know, without that fear of catching anything and taking it back to their families. Um, so a big thanks to the medical team. They work we work really really hard at it. Um, but yeah, Neil's Neil's fitted in. Um, it's not easy to get everything you want done with the situation we're in. Like I say, when you can't go up to the local school and play on the artificial because the school's shut, um, or the COVID issues, you can't mix. Um, been up to Doncaster a couple of times on on the artificial there, and then back to do set pieces for the club. This is this is what we're having to do. Um, so he's having to cope with a lot. Um, I like what I see on the on the training field. It's not always easy with the younger lads for them to transfer it onto the pitch and that has been a problem I, I think um, not really had time to spend on all the other bits outside of knowing your position um, knowing your position on the pitch so you know with young lads you're teaching them how to be a centre half a wing or a midfielder aren't you that, that, that's what they're doing and really what they want to be doing is spend a bit with tie set pieces what we need to do here to score goals down to defend. So, um, I think he's doing. I think he's doing a great job under the circumstances. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give him the. Uh, well, yeah, I will. I, 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 you know, the guy's got to stay in this job. He's got to do the job. He's got to get through it. Keep us up, and he'll be stronger for it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I have full faith that he will get us up. And keep us up. Sorry. You said um, when we spoke in the summer, you said that having spoken to Cox um, in a sort of interview setting, if you like, or an informal interview, um, that you both wanted to play attacking football and, and you wanted to see wingers uh, taking on players and, and exciting football. Do you think that's happened enough this season? No, no way. We, we've had some terrible games. I mean, Barrow, the Barrow was awful, absolutely horrendous. We're having to play on awful pitches. You can't play football on it. And the thing is, when you can't play football on a pitch, you need that experience in your team, don't you, really? Um, and because we've got young lads um, who want to play football, uh, they make mistakes. And I think that's what's happened. Unfortunately, actually, some of our senior guys have even made a couple of mistakes recently, which is which has cost a goal or two. But, you know, we, we will make mistakes and the youngsters will make mistakes. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think there's um, you've got to have a lot of patience with them got to work with them. Um, you know, they've got to believe in what you're putting out there and, and they've got to go and do it on the pitch. And sometimes the kids, sometimes young players, they, they just lose themselves in the moment and uh, take one extra touch, make one bad pass. The problem is it seems we, we seem to have got hit with um, with that costing us matches. So um, we've got to alleviate that. We've been here before. I think I've been talking about this before under a couple of other managers where we've done exactly the same thing. And we have to get back. We were pretty poor under Stewart, um, and like I say, I think out of the last, out of the last thirteen games with um, with Paul, um, we got twelve points out of thirty nine. That's relegation form. So we weren't we weren't improving there. We weren't getting any better, and we had a really good squad. So I, I think whoever's in there, you've just got to support the best you can, and try and get them um, to play a way that they're comfortable with now. We wanted to play two up top. The Cox wanted to play two up top. That's our first call. But with everything that's happened, it's been difficult to do that. But I think, um, you know, as we go forward um, and we get some of the players back, you'll see a more attacking uh, stance to the games. I mean, I don't know whether I can cope with a nil one or a four three. Yeah, I suppose as long as we're winning, it wouldn't be too bad. But um, yeah, 
it, it would be nice to be more entertaining, but you know what? I haven't seen very many entertaining games in week two. They are, you know, look at the surfaces. When you look at Barrow, look at Bradford, um, Grimsby, you look at Mansfield. I mean, you look at, you know, ours is holding up pretty well at the minute, but you can't play football at Newport. You can't play football on some of those pitches, and it's all about a bounce, um, a willingness to just chase after a lost cause. Um, you know, it's, it's got a lot to do with luck and determination that it has about ability as well. So uh, hopefully we can we can get the best out of Neil and the team in the coming months at the uh, corner. One player that's kind of, you're talking about the pitches and yes, you know, we, we've seen some awful pitches this season. Um, we, I don't know, some teams do rely on set pieces at this level and we, we're quite poor, I would say, at the moment defending set pieces and also at the other end as well. Um, obviously, hopefully the, the new signings will help and, and Taff will help with that. But um, in terms of kind of delivery into the box and things like that, one player we've kind of mentioned already, uh, Mason O'Malley, he's been left out of the side for a couple of games. Um, he was providing that delivery from, from set piece and things like that. And I think fans believe now he's been left out, we're not kind of creating as much from those opportunities. Um, what would you say to that? And is there a reason behind him being left out? I know you've said there's, there's no interest in him or anything like that, but surely, you know, young players, you maybe take out the firing line if they've had bad games or made mistakes. I think he's probably the only one of the young lads that have come in this season that hasn't really put up wrong. Um, you know, I appreciate he might be a little bit tired, but surely if he's playing well, he should be in there. Um, you know, and he's creating chances. So you're taking that threat out of the team as well. Yeah, he's done okay. I mean, I mean, listen, the manager, the manager makes that decision on, on what he wants to do with the team. And certainly, um, the reason hasn't been for the last couple of games is is basically because we want to look after him. But we, you've, you've said it there, what he gives us in a match. Last thing you need is to, is to to have him playing 23, 24 games and then we're losing for four or five games, you know. So and I think we're trying to nurture him through. He's only a young man. Yeah, he's got good delivery. Um, I, I will I will hesitate to say that actually, if you look at a few some of the goals that we have conceded on that side, he has been a little bit naive, but that, that's, that's a young player. He's not the only one. Um, you know, our pass in the midfield, our midfielders have, have let the ball go and, and even our, our, our experienced lads at the back have made messes. So, um, you know, we, we're trying to look after him. I think we, we think a lot of him, um, but we do that with all the players. You know, he's not the only one. Um, you know, we, we've, we're trying to look after all of them. There's, there's, he's not going anywhere. He, there's nobody in for him. Um, he's learning his, his, he's signed a new contract for us. He's, he's a big part of our future and he will only get better. Um, and um, by looking after him, we, we hopefully will get a better player and a, a mentally strong player. I, I saw him in training today, and he was he was as hungry as ever, which is which is nice, which is what you want. Um, and certainly, if uh, Junior's out this weekend, I expect him in the squad. Um, you would have thought so because um, Junior probably struggled a little bit to Barrow, and probably was a little bit unfortunate to be honest um, in the game. I mean, another poor ref, I mean, just unbelievable. Um, so. Um, there's nothing underhand or there's, there's nothing strange about it. We're just looking after a young player. We do it with every anyone. Uh, fans, you know, of later are maybe a little bit disappointed with the kind of cautious and defensive style of football that we're currently playing. Um, you know, it's it's been kind of on and off all season, I suppose. Um, but it's it's not just 
sort of end- endemic to Scunthorpe. Well, why do you think nearly all managers in recent years have res- kind of reverted to this style of football? We, we seem to see it in a lot more prevalence than we, we have done before. Um, I think there's a fear. You know, I think there's sometimes a fear of losing um, a football match. And that's probably the whole the whole business, isn't it? The whole football league is, is based on winning matches. The premiership based on winning. If you don't win matches and you lose matches and you lose more matches, your job's under threat. You never get a chance to develop. And I think sometimes it's very difficult to have a brave person at, at the helm. It, it is. And I, I think with, with Neil, you can see that we went through a patch where he, where he was and, excited, and then we started conceding too many goals quickly. You know, we, we conceded two quick goals and that was the end of the game. And, and I think it was really important for him so he could get a handle on it, is to try and avoid those two goal, three goal defeats um, at that time. And maybe we got in a rut where, uh, you know, the more you play like that, the more it carries on. And we've seen that with many managers. We saw that with every manager, I think, that's been in position, is, is that they don't that they struggle to be as free in that position. But he has got all the freedom he wants. And this is a great opportunity for a difficult time to just go out and play football. But... Like you say, it's these matches. They don't have the atmosphere. They don't have the push. The whether that's positive or negative, there is there is nothing to feed off of. You know, apart all you hear is the manager shouting, and 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 that's it. And the assistant manager shouting. I mean, the players, you know, in a game would probably go and play their own game and, and probably create more and do more things. But but they tend to be listening more because that's the the only voice they can hear. So. Um, yeah, it's. I think I think with Neil, you've, you've got to. The idea was to bring him in to get him through this this season, and and, and you know hopefully he'd grow from that. And I think he will. I think he'll get better. And I think there's a there's a really good manager in there, and and we have to persevere with. Him. You say uh, we have to persevere with him there. So obviously we've got 23 games left. Is is Neil safe regardless of what happens in those 23 games? I, I, I don't know what what else we can do. I, I don't think there's any there's any sense in in changing manager. You know, I've done it enough times. Um, you know, to understand that. You know, um, to understand you can't just give them eight months. You can't give them six months. You know, you just can't do it. You, you you have to give them a little bit longer as long as they maintain the ethos of when they came to the club. As long as they said, "This is what I want to do. I'm happy." For to do this, and you know that you know what you've got to do, um, and that's to develop young players and bring those players through. As long as that stays, then we're brilliant. You know, it's fantastic, and, and I think he will. He, he'll be a very, very good manager. And um, like I say, I, I think we need to keep him in place. I think he will improve. Use this experience. You you don't get this experience. Some managers never get this experience of, of being down the bottom. They always mid table or upper table. This is an opportunity to say, I don't want to be down here again. And and the mistakes I've made now, I don't want to make in the future. Maybe the starting lineups, maybe the substitutions. As long as he learns from all of those, then you'll get a better manager. If he does, And, and I, I get that from Neil. I get the fact that he wants to learn. I get the fact that he's going to make mistakes. I get the fact that he's as good as me on a Sunday when we talk to each other about another lost game and, and we talk about the game. And it's, I, I want to wake up a bit happier on a Monday, you know. And it would be really nice to go in knowing that we've had a win. And it's, 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 it's not that we haven't had a win. It's the fact that there are no fans out there talking about the win. There's no fans who've watched the match. You know, it's, 
without the fans, it's it's a nothing sport, to be honest. So another thing that's seemingly quite common is is the injuries. I mean, every year at this sort of time, we we're, we're sort of having quite a big injury list, and obviously that means that a large amount of the budget is taken up by you know injuries to key players. Obviously, this year we've had you know Kevin, obviously Harrison as well, who as Matt said earlier, with saleable players, they are two potentially, you know, maybe something could have been done with there. Why is it, why is it the case that this is seemingly every year we get injuries around about this sort of time? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked at the medical. I, I know for the last two, I, I know certainly for um, this last year, it's been difficult, but that's been the pre-season. I, I also think we didn't have a very good pre-season before. I don't think we've had a proper pre-season since, uh, since Graham left, with all due respect. I think the trip to Austria was a very sensible thing to do. Um, obviously not now, but I mean, you know, it's um, a week away and it's about hard work. You know, it's not about entertainment. It's not having a good time. It's not having a night off. It's about working hard, getting back, having a game. Um, and then knowing that when you come in to play games and play friendlies, you're fit and you're going to be strong. It's been very difficult because COVID hasn't allowed to do that. When we first started training, um, which probably was July, we were training in bubbles of four. You know, there was no contact for a week or two. Then then you could only go in a, in a group of eight. You know, all of a sudden, you know, before, I, I think actually, before we played a, the first team match, we probably only had two sessions together as a whole team. So um, this year has been difficult and the pre-season has caused problems. Plus, you know, the, the, these are things that happen, you know. And unfortunately for Kev, you know, we, we got his op done on his knee and he just come back too quick. You know, and and that's you know no detriment to the to the laddies. He really wants to play football, um, and he come back too quick. And I think uh, I think Harrison came back too quick as well. Uh, but it's very difficult when the lads doing their performance. You can see it on the screen. You can see they're up to a hundred percent or ninety five percent running. Um, all their stats say they're ready to play. You go and give them a friendly, they do really well, and then or or a twenty threes game, and then they come into the side and they they jump and land like he did. Now Harrison just landed, I think, if I remember, and he did it. And 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 Kev again, you know, um, just twisted his his other knee. So it's I, I don't know if there's I, I'd have to look. I haven't looked at the medical evidence to say that it's a specific time, but I, I suppose what you could say in the winter um, when it's cold and you haven't warmed up correctly, or, or perhaps the cold's got into your joints, that maybe that is a reason for the hamstring injury. But we're not the only one. We're not the only club this year. There's a lot of clubs who've had hamstring injuries. It's, it's the most prevalent injury throughout the football league at the minute. As you said, Peter, that you know maybe we we have kind of rushed a couple of players back too early before they were fully fit. So who, who kind of makes that decision when when a player says, you know, I'm I'm fit to play, boss? Yeah, who makes that final decision? Is it the player? Is it the medical staff? Or is it is it the manager? Well, I think as a manager in the end, the, the manager's told by the medical staff and, and, the, and the player says he's ready to play, he feels fine, what to do? I think we've probably played um, Junior one game too much, um, which it was. Junior came in and played three or four games, I think, and then the fifth game or the fourth game, he um, you know he broke down because he hadn't played a lot of football. And, and he's identifying that because if you're doing OK and you win in a few games, it's very difficult to change the game just for the sake of it. So I think the players have to take a bit of responsibility. If they're not 100%, they have to tell us, and, and sometimes that doesn't happen. The medical team can see them, they can stretch out. They can be 95%, you'd never know. Um, but if there's something wrong, even when they're playing, if they suddenly feel a twinge and they carry on, um, or they you know, they twist their ankle and they carry on, they've got to look after themselves. And, and that's something that a lot, a lot of young players don't do. They just want to play. 
and they want to play through it and that's usually not advisable but um yeah it, it's a combination no one goes out there we never risk anybody the players that go out there are players that have passed all the tests to play football so um it's just some people are susceptible to injuries and some aren't I mean, we've had those seen over the years there's um, a lot of players that have hardly played any games for us because they've had an injury you know lund i think matty lund was out nearly a whole season wasn't he season came down um you know and yet he's out there playing again so you just you just gotta have a bit of luck i think as well um but to, the, the players need to know their bodies and need to know when they need a rest or when they need a break so uh, we need we do our best, but we're never going to be perfect. One player that's kind of been injured, I would say more than most since he joined the club, is uh, Jordan Hallam. Uh, obviously, clearly he's got talent and, and clearly when he's been able to you know, show what he can do on the pitch, he's done quite well. Uh, is there an update on him? Is he is he likely to come back anytime soon? Tra- training today. I saw him today. He looked, he looked very mobile. Um, yeah, that's a frustrating um, side of it when you see these players and they look they look great and then um, you know something just happens you know it's it's, it's just little things that happen and um, and Geordie's not had a run in the team he's, he's a good player um, but occasionally things things happen and um, I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it really I mean we had the same with uh, uh, Williams who came from Middlesbrough really talented player who just every time he would come back he'd get injured now that could be a way of life it could be the way they live I, I don't know it could be that the fact that they don't eat well because all these things are so interesting you know when you when you combine it all that you know they have to eat well they have to live well to be a footballer you know you can't play xbox till two o'clock in the morning you, you, you can't get up in them in the morning and eat eight pop tarts you know you know these sort of things are, 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 are the things you can't do but you find players do that i'm not saying George, but i mean you know but, but players, if they don't look after their bodies and they look after themselves and they're not honest with themselves. And remember, a lot of these players at times have had to be at home for a week and train on their own in isolation. So if you lose two weeks or a week, that, that's three weeks in, in training time. So um, it, it's difficult for them to adapt as well. Um, but it, it's all part of it. We try, we try and help them as much as we can, but we've only just got the chef back in because he's only now been able to do... Um, the food and that for us but for the first couple of months they just had to come in train jump in the cars and couldn't shower and went home so I mean you know that, and as for games as well you know we, we can't stay over for some of the games so we have to drive early in the morning and, and change various kickoff times so that we can get to clubs and just be there for an hour or so and, and then come back so it's um, there's a lot there's a lot to cope with and um, some players can and some players can't so um, yeah but with Geordie um, he, he looked great today. Um, you know, having him in the side, he, he does give us something different. So it gives us a bit of pace and he runs in behind. Um, and let's hope he gets his opportunity. Just sort of aware of how long we've kept you. We'll start to wrap up. We've just got one or two more, a bit more general questions. Um, obviously, you've mentioned the fact that, you know, fans aren't in the stadium, nothing like that. So obviously we're watching on iFollow. Now, obviously, a lot's been made of away games and the fact that, you know, you need to sell over 500 before the club make any money. But I think a side of it that's not often discussed is more the home side of it, the home games. So on top of the season tickets that we've already sold, you know, roughly how many extra are we getting per home games this season? Not many, um, because obviously all the season ticket holders get their uh, passes for free. So uh, we, we don't get too many on top of that. Um, we've had a few for the 
away games, but not many times we get more than 500. Um, when we go away, um, obviously, if you've got a bigger game at home, um, then like someone like Bradford may do a thousand, so you get 500 of those. Um, it's it's not ideal. It's not a huge income coming in, especially for a small club like ourselves. We don't really go above three and a half thousand. It's very difficult. And the only thing I'll say is that when when we do get back playing in front of fans, that the, the smaller clubs may have a bigger opportunity to get fans in than, than, than for the bigger clubs. I think it's. I, I don't know if many um, big crowds of twenty and thirty and forty thousand will be allowed into grounds. I, I, I think that might be a, a thing of the past. I think it's going to be a slow start on that side. So hopefully we can get a couple of thousand in. We know if we can get three, three and a half in, that, that's pretty much all of us. So um, we're, we're working on various um, projects to try and get as many in as we can um, next season. But this season is, is gone. You know, there's no fans are going to come in. Um, and then we, we've got to work towards how do we get income in the summer? You know, if, if you know if, if we don't start next season with fans in the, in the grounds, it's going to be a disaster again for us. Um, and I can only see that happening at the minute. I can't. Um, no, I, I can't see people turning up in their thousands when there are still a lot of people to be vaccinated. So that could still be September, October before we get fans back in. Has the club looked at any other ideas to kind of raise additional funds as, as kind of part of the virtual match day experience, if you like? You know, things like a, a half-time 50-50 or a raffle or a competition or something like that that can kind of be, you know, maybe drawn at half-time or something like that? Yeah, I mean... I suppose if you're at home, it's a little bit easier. Wait, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, we are we are looking at those things, uh, but we also know how difficult it is. People spend money at the minute, although, although I'm hoping they're all saving it up um, for the future, which would be great. But there isn't a lot of money going around, and we, we understand that the, the hardships a lot of our fans are going through. So, um, you know, a lot of people have still been buying merchandise, which is, which is fantastic. Um, I think the shirts have been great this year. It's such a shame, isn't it? I mean. You know, we get it right one year. We don't hardly get anybody moaning about shirts, and no one can go out and bloody watch them. So, um, you know, it's yeah, it is it is difficult. Um, but we are we're working on everything. We we try and keep the costs down on stuff. Um, you know, since I came to the club, we we hardly raised any any anything. You know, season tickets uh, prices. The only time we ever raised it was when we brought an outside caterer in, and that was not that on the head. Um, and, and got the prices back down again. We've tried to make it affordable for every fan, um, but we understand the hardships they're going through. And um, at the minute, we we think that the government and, and the EFL, the FA, um, should be handling this and, and making sure that the clubs like ourselves are supported through it, regardless of who the owner is and what people think the owner's worth. You know, it's about cash flow. Um, and um, if you haven't planned the cash flow, you haven't got your money, and that, that's it, full stop. You can't just pump it from from out of the air so um it's the same with us we've, we've got to manage those pennies and and uh, but we do appreciate everything that everybody's doing and if we can think of any other ideas or anybody can can do that um then great we've got a um, uh, a team's meeting um next week on on monday with um, several of the fans groups um it's the first one um, where we're going to have a chat and, and talk through um and, and hopefully start to establish um more of a, a sort of an underboard where fans can get, have a little bit more say and, and, and talk to us about what they want from the club. 
why the change on that then? Because obviously the AGMs were scrapped and, and there's been, I don't know if it's a reluctance, but there's not been uh, many meetings with fans groups. I know obviously the Iron Trust um, would have liked to and, and that's not happened over the years, uh, obviously reasons for that. Um, but why the you know the sudden change and why do you feel the need that you need to get sort of the fans groups involved? I think it's a great idea, but you know why has that come about now? I, th- I think... Um... For, for a start, we um, because of the route that we're going down to be a sustainable model, every fan, I mean, everybody's been calling, they want this to be a sustainable model for the football club. So we've done that um, and we want the fans to be aware of what we've done and, and, and how we operate as a football club. You know, I, I do believe we've operated very well over the years. We, the money that's gone in to support the extra wages is from us. Um, there's been no threat on the club. There's no, no, there's no debt in there. So, you know, um, we want. We also want the information from these fans groups. We want to know what the fans want from us, um, how they'd like to think, see the things done. And I, I would like these fans groups to see what's happening. They can understand we've come a long way from from day one. You know, our systems, our, our everything that we do now is is modernised and, and up to date. You know, we're we're a proper club, uh, run correctly. Um, we're just short of cash, like like everybody else at the minute. Um, but we want the fans to say to see it and 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 let's let's get them involved you know tell us what you want and um we'll see if we can we can make it happen um it's, it's very hard to um um to suggest any other way i mean yeah previously I, it wasn't not having um uh, the board meetings and not having the shelves things because i own 91 and a half percent so we don't have to do that and it's a cost you know there's a cost putting everything on there and we ran it in a, in a certain way. Still own 91.5%. But what I'm saying is, come in and let's listen to you. Let's let's see what you've got on the table. And, you know, and, and if we can make the club a better club, then we'll do that. It's uh, um, But actually running a club and making the big decisions, it's very difficult to do that in a democracy. You can't. You've seen how many different views have you seen on, on the game? How many different views on who should be manager, who should be playing? You know, if, if you put that out to a, a democratic vote every week, it'd be a nightmare. Um, and, it, and it doesn't work. So the, that part of it, you can't put the actual running of the club um, and where the fans want to make an impact in that. And then, you know, this is the time to do it as we change tack. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to, to the guys and, and see what they, they can come forward and we'll see if we can make this a regular occurrence. We've always had forums. Again, it's difficult because of the um, period that we're in at the minute. And, um, they will come back. Um, obviously, these podcasts are a great help because the fans can listen to them, and uh, um, you know we've, we can cover many topics. And I've been as honest as I can, so um, I don't think anybody can say that I haven't been forward and, and talked about everything, whether we've been doing well or whether we've been doing bad. And uh, I'll continue to do that. Uh, we already mentioned the flats earlier on, and just briefly, I think the land in front of uh, Sands Venue has been sold quite recently, and a consortium is applying to for planning of a 120 bed hotel. You know, gyms, shop, restaurants, that sort of thing. Does that affect us? Because it sounds like a very similar project to the one that initially you had in mind. No, it helps us. Helps us completely. I, you know, I'm not putting a hotel on there, so they put a hotel, 120 room hotel. Um, we need gyms. I think gyms are going to... Ours are slightly different. Ours are NHS-based anyway, and we still want to do some work on that side of things. Um, the flats are just, you know, the people... I, I, they, they are a, 
there's something that there are not a lot of these flats are in the area um, but the general feeling is that a lot of people would like to start on the ladder and you know they're not going to be expensive being in, in Scunthorpe we're right on the motorway network it's a great place to live we're right you know we're right next to the shops um, you know it is a good place to live and, and hopefully that will that will work we're working on a few other ideas we've got um, maybe even a, a road onto the the dual carriageway which will be hopefully finally um, they start to work on finish that roundabout it's only going to cover about five years but hopefully if they finish that we might have a road off onto there which again makes us a, a more valuable site um, and what we want to do is make sure that we can uh, make the most of it um, we've got plans for a training ground facility not not too far away um, we still want to do all this it's just very difficult to do that under these circumstances where uh, the, the, there's no money flying around and investments very difficult to find um, but our plans are still um, you know, to make the club a better club and make it sound and safe um, for the future generations of the area. Do we need that road you know, to do the to do the flats? Is it kind of an emergency exit or anything like that? No, no, no. It, it, all it will be is just a, a road in and road off. When we when the when the stadium was built, it was put right at the back of the retail park, wasn't it? Really, so you could only get to it off that one road. Um, the fact that we could have another exit onto the road on a match day and, and during the week means that there's a flow of traffic through the whole site, which means that you could, um, you know, if you've got a place on there or you've got other facilities, then they can be used and there's an easy on-off. You know, it makes the traffic and highways plan a lot easier. Um, and, and that's what we're hoping to, we're just talking to somebody about it at the minute, but, you know, it, it costs money to get those uh, plans done up and, we want to make sure we're in the right position to do that. But yeah, that will that will definitely help us. If, you, if I don't know if you come, if you see, there is a road that is call it a ransom strip, and uh, the road that's not used at the side of Frankie and Benny is just up behind the car. There's a road there that comes onto our land. Um, you know that that hasn't been used. It's a ransom strip on the other guys. But if we if we put our um, our road onto the motorway, which should be de- uh, downgraded to a to a dual carriageway, then that will give everybody a flow through the tide. We can make it a lot easier. Um, you know, we, we don't want people spending 45 minutes to get out. We need to do something, and that would help. So, um, yeah, we're looking at many things. Um, the, the flats are only one part of it. We're looking at some other bits and pieces, educational stuff, um, maybe some retail. So um, we, we want to make the best out of the land, um, and we want to use that money to sort of build better facilities for training. You know, we still want to keep our youth at academy or under 23s in our first team. That's a lot of looking after. Love them to be in one place. Um, so that's the plan going forward. Just a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, we, we clarified it on one of the podcasts, but just obviously yeah, get your opinion on it. I think there was an article last month regarding Paul Hurst that, that he actually left the club and, and um, resigned. Um, we put that out there that that wasn't the case, but... Um, yeah, do you just want to confirm, confirm that from, from the horse's mouth? Yeah, I think it was just a, a mistake by their journalist. I think he actually turned around and said that, uh, I don't know why he said it, to be honest, but no, no, uh, that Paul was sacked. That was it, full stop. Um, and, um, you know, we've had to cover that expense up until he moved to Grimsby, so that, that's not really helped us as well. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to say any more than that. So that was the case. I think I said it at the time. Um um, and I, I'm sure Paul's like really bothered about it as I'm not really. It's, uh, it's just journalism again. Um, a few journalists who take uh, take the mic a bit, to be honest. 
And finally, obviously, um, the Grimsby kickoff uh, has been moved forward, and that's that's uh, definitely pissed off one fan. Um, just your opinions on that, really. Um, you know, obviously, there was a bit of confusion regarding who um, was, were, you know, was it the police? Was it the club that moved that forward? Could you just clarify that for us? I, I think our guy sent out an email which actually wasn't quite one hundred percent on on it. Um, every year, when there's a Grimsby and um, a scuffle match, the kickoff times changed, as you know, um, and we took that as being read as an agreement by Humberside Police that it would be a one o'clock kickoff. Grims, Grimsby actually changed theirs from one o'clock to three o'clock, so it, it was just a, a miscommunication. To be honest, you know what? I spent about two minutes on it, and I think that the person you mentioned spent a whole day and maybe even a whole week writing about it. So he obviously, didn't have a lot else to say, did he? Really? I mean, what a mess. Well, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's a kickoff time. I think even even the other press. I think you know, Umberside on it. What does it matter, really? It's more important things to talk about than a kickoff time. If you want to say that, you know, I'm not doing my job because I, I I've said the wrong thing, or I I we we sent an email out that wasn't quite right. Listen, I'm not going to sack anybody over for God's sake. It's just a mistake, and and we move on. Um, it was just a a, a time that was in place. Every t- every time we play Grimsby, that's the time it is one o'clock, and and we thought that was in place, and and that is a police request to be at one o'clock every every year. So we just left it in, and 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 our our media gone. All right, we'll send it out and say, yeah, that is a police request, and we just left it in. That's all. Um, anyway, I, 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 I try I try not to take too much. I, I I probably got it wrong there. But you never know. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. I, I, I know I'm going to get up in the morning and go in and uh, be somewhere at six o'clock, seven o'clock. Doesn't really matter. You know, it's 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 a time. It's a time. I've just wasted my time. I wasted one minute on this. <laughs> <laughs> just one last one then to end with. And obviously, as you mentioned, Grimsby at the weekend, you know, very big game for us. Obviously, you've covered an awful lot on this tonight already. But is there just like one message you want to end with with for the fans just going forward? Well, I don't, I don't have many messages. I just, just try and not get too nervous about it. Try and try and support the manager as best you can. I know you can't go and, and do that at the match. And I know I've asked this before and I've had a great response from guys. And, you know, we even sang a couple of songs as well, I think. It's quite amazing for us at times. But, you know, we're coming into to a great match at the weekend. One, you know what? I wish the fans were around. Can you imagine the atmosphere? Oh, my God. It'll be great. You know, six, six and a half thousand at our ground. Um, it, you know, it would have been fantastic, you know. And and we're not going to get a 4-3 or a 3-all, are we? They're, they're games which are so tight. Um, usually one goal separates both sides. And it's whoever wants it on the day. We didn't turn up last time. You know, we didn't turn up. We, we, we never... But I'll tell you what, we'll turn up this week. We will turn up this week. And we have got the lads who want it and they want to win it. And... Um, if they don't turn up and they don't want the game, then we'll beat them. Um, I sound like Kevin Keegan, then, didn't I? <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, it, it's a great game to have. I want to keep this game as long as we can. Um, let, let's go and uh, go and beat them. Uh, we, we own one now. So, um, yeah, look, looking forward to it greatly, even though I'm going to be sitting at home watching it um, and, and not at the ground. Appreciate all your time. Thank you. Yeah. No, wonderful. Take care, guys. And cheers, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the next one.